listening to Inclusive AF with Jackie Clayton and Katie Van Horn. Yeah, I did just say party on down, Jackie. I did. What are you going to do about it? Love it. <laughs> Deal with it. Bam. It's Friday. We're <laughs> recording on a Friday, so you never know what's going to happen. Uh, this is Katie Van Horn. And this is Jackie Clayton. And welcome to the Inclusive AF Podcast. Friday edition, but you're going to hear it on Wednesday. But that's not the point, folks. Just, you know, go with it. We're, we're on our Friday mode. Um, so, Jackie. Yes. Is it freezing in Waco? It's like freaking freezing. Okay. <laughs> Probably not. I mean, it's freezing for Arizona standards. It's not legitimately well, it's, like under 30 degrees. It's like 50 degrees. It's 65 here and it's freezing. Okay. I have the fireplace on and I'm under a blanket. I'm, I, I, I can't deal. <laughs> I cannot deal. Um, and our guest, cocoa. Right. <laughs> our guest is also cold today, so we're going to let her introduce <laughs> herself and talk about the weather where she is, and then we'll jump into it. So, uh, Pam, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. We'd love for you to introduce yourself and, and share a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, my name is Pam Luck, and I do live in Northern California where it's currently windy and like 54, which I know all the people that live in much colder places, they're like, what are you even talking about? But I will say this. <laughs> They don't insulate houses in this part of the um, state like they would like in colder regions. So I, we don't have any near the insulation in folks. That are, anyway, it's chilly. I'm cold too. What are you going to do? Um, but in terms we of who I am. In Arizona, we have insulation in Arizona, but it doesn't help. I'm still cold. Sorry. Please continue. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So. Yeah. So the reason I'm here today is to share a little bit about my story. And um, that is a long and complex one, but we're going to, I'll condense it. I'll condense it down. Um, so yeah, I started a company called Ember, Ember Nice, which is an athletic wear line for plus size kids. Um, I've been plus size my whole life. I mean, I think for me, it started, if you look at me, pictures of me in second grade, you're like, yeah, I think it's coming. And then by fifth grade, you know, puberty sort of hits and you're like, oh, there she is. Okay. Um, so, but I loved playing sports and I danced. So I played soccer from like elementary school all the way through high school. And I danced tap jazz and ballet again, elementary all through high school. And by the time I got to high school, um, I struggled to find shorts that fit. I struggled to find leotards that fit. Um, and this was <clears throat> more than 30 years ago. Thank you very much. And <laughs> fast forward to today, I have a daughter who's a teenager in a bigger body and she dances and we're struggling to find leotards. And mm. I'm like, how is this still a thing? How is this still a thing? So that's why I decided, okay, I'm going to go completely outside my comfort zone in an area where I have absolutely no professional experience and try to solve this problem. Yeah. And so I love that you're just like, who's going to fix this? Oh, wait, me. It's right? me. It's me, <laughs> apparently. Because, you know, I waited. I sort of like this idea had been in my head for a little bit, but I sort of was like, I did all the things that I think most people do. It's like, um, you don't have a background in design and you don't have any knowledge around apparel manufacturing. And so these things are sort of in my head and I'm like, but nobody's doing anything. Um, so I, you know, I'm a project manager. I, I was a project manager for a really long time, I'm a certified PMP. So I'm like, that's a very translatable skill set. I can use that 
to find people to help me and we can make a plan and we can figure it out together. And so that's sort of what I've been doing with mixed success. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love the, the transformation from, uh, you know, a project manager to a clothing designer, manufacturer, all of those things like that is a switch. But to your point, yeah, it is very, uh, I think anyone that is a project manager can kind of do anything like <laughs> <laughs> you I have really wish people understood like what with. what a tremendous skill set it is to have. Um, because what I always used to say about being a project manager is you have all of these groups of people and you have no authority over people or budgets, but you're supposed to somehow get all of them to move in a certain direction and contribute and meet deadlines. And but I don't manage these aren't this isn't my team. These aren't my direct reports and I don't control sort of where the money goes, but I'm somehow expected to sort of steer <laughs> this very large ship full of folks. So, yeah, Pam. Uh, Jackie and I are both in HR, so we are extremely familiar with not actually being in, you know, being the leader of a team, but asking them to do stuff for us. And I'm sure pretty much everyone on this call can relate to that fact if they have children, if they're in HR, mm -hmm. <laughs> they're a leader in any capacity. Yeah, so very familiar, very familiar. So uh, what type of dance did you do? I did tap, jazz, and ballet um, growing up. And then when I got to college, actually, I started um, African dance. And I actually performed with the ensemble in college for four years. And it was one of the best experiences of my life because um, I'll be honest, I sort of allowed, um, you know, different dance teachers that I had come across and other things to sort of steal my joy of dance. And that's sort of why I walked away from ballet and sort of those styles. And with African dance, my body wasn't a problem, right? Um, it was one of the styles of dance where it didn't matter how I was built. It was really about, you know, learning choreography and putting yourself into it and, you know, using it as an expression, as an art form and performance. And I absolutely adored it. And so it was a wonderful experience for me to sort of take back a little bit of that love that I had for dance. Um, which was fantastic. It, that is, I'm kind of still stuck on like, how is that still a thing, right? Because it's <laughs> like, you, you, there's so, there's so many that are so self-conscious and I'm thinking of just putting yourself out there, especially mm -hmm. in competitive sports and you're like, okay, I'm going to try out for the team, right? And then, oh, I made the team and now you have practice every day and twice on Saturday and you're going to mm -hmm. have to get these uniforms and it's like, where do we go and you can't show up with your best self if you don't know what you're going to wear or you feel like it's not made for you or that way i think that has to be part of stealing the joy oh for sure um and i think if you can imagine a lot of these kids the uniform challenges and fit probably start junior high high school so you're like what 14 15 years old at that and it it's a really hard thing to sort of go to your coach even and say this uniform doesn't fit me a lot of kids will just quit because that's an awful lot at that age to sort of be able to speak up and say look can we try and find another one and some schools don't stock larger sizes maybe an extra large is the largest that they carry um and so a lot of kids will walk away and that's sort of what we see the pattern and a lot of times like i said they won't speak up about the why they'll just say to their parents i don't want to do that anymore because That's they're the worse. worst. Yeah. 
because they're worried about the shirt's going to ride up and expose their belly or the shorts are too tight in the leg or, you know, so I, I think it's just something that if we were sort of paying a little closer attention, this is a very solvable problem. I mean, I'd like to say, like, this is how old I am. This is, this will tell you how old I am. <laughs> so when I was a cheerleader, um, starting with this, it was considered like a novelty. So all of the uniforms had to be purchased by our parents, which mm. sounds absolutely insane, but that's the way it went. And we had to weigh in every week. And if you were like over 117 pounds, then you weren't allowed to cheer that week. So, and <laughs> they measured the skirt by the waist. Mm -hmm. And I remember I had a small waist, but I had this like big old booty. And so my skirt, because, you know, that was back when we still sexualized girls. So it was really short and it would all, I would, I would stick to every chair in school. My thighs stuck to every single chair because it was always up and mm -hmm. you could always see my butt for my whole for my high school career and it's like this is trauma this is traumatizing yeah and there's so many things in that whole story that are <laughs> there's lots that's why i'm like if it tells you how old i am i, mean, I am honestly that, is it really like, any different today is it no but they have um no. uniforms provided by the school board that's yeah. all that's the only yeah, difference <laughs> and they're not going to carry them in a, in a variety of you know like so. the, the the fact of understanding that there's different body types no it's not because you still when you play sports like i, I looking at your soccer um they didn't make uniforms for women's soccer when i was mm. in high school yeah, one of the solutions for me, because I actually I started as a defender and then I became a goalkeeper like the last two years of high school. Um, so I had to go to the men's section at the sporting goods store because I am also so old. I predate online shopping. Thank you very much. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we had to go to the men's section at the sporting goods store. And I'm like hoping they're going to carry like an extra large or a double extra large. But still, like for the shirt, doesn't fit in the chest. Right. So I'm like, you do that thing where you tuck in your arms and like stretch it out. And that was the best I could do. And the pants were all too long, right? They're expecting me to be at least, you know, six foot tall. And I'm like maybe five, four at this point. So, yeah. But, like, I think the piece and, you know, you're both kind of mentioning it is the, the trauma that you suffer in that space of, not wanting to tell your parents, not wanting to bring attention to it, mm -hmm. not wanting to like it, it, it does it, you know, at some point kind of shuts you down I, the weighing, I I'm not, I can't process the weighing children as cheerleaders that one, I, I'm going to have to let sit for a minute, Jackie, I, I'll come back to that. But just the clothing piece alone, the being uncomfortable in your own skin. And I think all of us, you know, as adult women, we can say, oh, well, I now dress for the body type that I am and that makes me feel better and dress, you know, so you can feel comfortable. But as a child, you don't even know how to express that. Or if there isn't, you know, if there aren't clothing options available, what, what do you do? You know, how do you express that or know that you need to express it? Or do you, you know, as you just mentioned, Pam, just shut down and say, I don't want to do this sport anymore or this activity or whatever it might be. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of instances where that's what, kids do is you just stop participating that's right i also love how you size the like this instead of like 
extra large or extra extra because that's the other part of you have this labels that you know that you have to go in and get these various sizes so i like the way that you size the clothes mm-hmm. um that you create so it's not because they're you know they they these are the things that just mess with you mentally they just they 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 stick with you and we talk about it a lot as, as terms of work of being able to be your best self mm-hmm. and you can't be your best self if that's what you're concerned about and i'd love to hear if you've seen some of the other impacts that has had as a result of being able to have your brand some of the things that you've seen or heard yeah i mean i think I think I've heard from I've heard a lot from adults that are telling stories of how they wish when they were teenagers they could have had clothing like this because it did take them out of something that they really really enjoyed and I think one of the biggest challenges for kids is people think you don't enjoy sports when you're in a bigger body right mm-hmm. they think that you're not participating because they all of these ideas they have about who you are and what you do with your body or don't do and so you know, I think kids are just excited that they're like, I do like to play basketball with my friends and I do like to play soccer and, you know, having an opportunity, I think for parents, keeping your kid connected, that's the other piece that we don't talk about. Like, yes, there's all the benefits to moving your body that have nothing to do with making your body smaller, but we also need to think about like the social and mental impact of keeping these kids engaged, right? Some of my memories that I have from playing, I can't tell you how many games we won in soccer. I can't tell you anything really much about the games. I can tell you a lot of stories about us on the bus rides for the away games and hanging out with my friends and spending time, right, with my friends and classmates. And, you know, it's some of that stuff that I think you start to to hear about and, and really want for these kids to have is that opportunity to be on a team and stay connected. I'm right there with you. Like I can, I can tell you stories about, you know, breaking my finger during a basketball game and having the coach just grab it and pull it out thinking it was like, just stoved, but he actually broke it worse. Uh, I can tell you about all of the, you know, sitting in the bus and all the shenanigans and all that fun stuff. And in Arizona, there were a couple of away games that were far where we had to drive down to Nogales and mm-hmm. and things like drive to Yuma. And so and those were always the the fun, but also very long bus rides. Um, but yeah, like I agree. Like I I couldn't tell you how many games were won or lost, but it's the feeling of participating. And and I, you do think about, you know, again, kind of what you see in the media and what you see. It's yeah, if you're a bigger child, you're not going to be involved in sports or you're not going to be interested in doing that, which is just a stereotype we, we need to break. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, I, I don't know if either of you watched the, uh, and I'm going to forget the name of it, but the cheer, um, it was like the, the school in New Mexico that has the major like cheer program. And I think the show was actually called cheer. Um, and they had like body sizes because they had male and female cheerleaders and they had different body sizes and it was great. And, you know, other than the the girls that were, you know, being thrown in the air who had to be a, a certain size just so they could be thrown in the air. Um, it, it was great to see just different body sizes. And I think hopefully we're moving forward a little bit, even though it's taking longer than it should, because I think children, just any way that they can be bullied or marginalized or not be the same as the rest of the the folks that just doesn't feel great so 
I love mm. that you're doing this, this clothing line because I think it's just so critical to be accepted. Uh, yeah. when you're well, and, and to stay connected to the activities and people that you love, right? Mm -hmm. And I think if people want to see what plus size athletes look like, go check out all of the, a lot of the folks that I follow at Embernace on Instagram. There are plus size people that run marathons, that run ultra marathons, that bike, you know, that surf, that do all kinds of things, basketball players, dives, divers, you, you name it. And I think part of it is that when you don't see people in bigger bodies doing these things, it just sort of reinforces all these ideas you have. So part of it is getting kids to see people in bigger bodies doing these things. And then I also think for thin kids, seeing these other kids that are in bigger bodies doing these things, because they're also working on, you know, it's important that everyone see these kids doing these things and you challenge the ideas that you have in your head. Um, yeah. You, I, you are right. I am plus size and I did endurance events and people thought I lied. I was like, right? I, was like <laughs> I was like, no, really? I, I did that. I did no, a thing. Because if you did you all know? those things, you'd be thin. And people said, <laughs> are you okay? I remember like, yeah, I'm just not a fast swimmer. Yeah. Sorry, lifeguard. You're just gonna have to wait to you're just gonna have to wait till I get there. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the things that comes up a lot when you do like if you do any kind of activity, sports or activity in public as a as a plus size or a fat person, people think you're a beginner. And right. you're like and you're like, I'm an endurance athlete. Thanks. Thanks so much. I got this. I'm all right. Yeah. I used to hang out with a group of women that we used to call penguins. We call ourselves the penguins, which was like, we're going to get there. You know, if you watch a penguin walk, right, they're just kind of like, I'm coming. You cannot rush a penguin. There's no. just no, it's just not happening. There's nothing you can do. And so there was a bunch of us and we used to call ourselves the penguins. And it, it's known like on the running circuit, there's a there's a group of people that they call penguins. And, and those are the people who are like, I'm going to finish. Like, I'm not trying to be first. I'm just in it because I enjoy You can still enjoy those things. And and I, and I feel like now, especially, we don't see kids just riding their bike or playing outside. You want to have these types of events where it is more structured. And so with that, yeah, comes I mean, that important piece. Even looking at like rec programs in the summer, right? Mm -hmm. What size t-shirts do you have for your rec program? Yeah. And and that's like, I'm, I, I understand when we're talking about highly competitive teams and people that are trying to play you know, division one in college, I get it, but I'm talking about that's not every school, that's not every program, and particularly recreational programs in the summer. Those should be inclusive spaces, but that means that those kids still need clothing that fit. Mm. Right? You might be surprised to know that not all serial killers are straight, cisgender white men, and the victims of true crime are not a monolith either. She's Wendy, and I'm Beth, and together we host Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color, a true crime podcast. Together we take deep dives into the true crime stories about marginalized and minoritized perps and victims that often go untold. We also provide the context and nuance that these stories deserve. At Fruit Loops, we're serving up true crime with a side of history, society, culture, and some fun. Listen to Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I wanted to ask, why do you call it Ember and Ace? Yeah, this is, it's a good story, actually, I think. Um, when you start a company, 
one of the first, I don't know, the one of the first things I do is look at what URL is available. <laughs> because yep. I think every single like iteration of every single English word under the sun basically is taken. And even like the mm -hmm. weird spellings are taken. So, and I didn't want it to be my name. I just said that didn't feel like it was the right fit. So I spent a lot of time thinking about it. And I was like writing like in my journal, like, what do I want this brand to feel like? What do I want it to feel like? And I, I wrote down the word embrace. I want to embrace these kids and they need to embrace who they are, where they are. And that's where I said, what can I do? Ember and Ace comes from the word embrace. Um, I love that more than you know. <laughs> Because they're actually two words, right, that are real words. And because every iteration of the word embrace was like not even a thing. So it's going to happen. So, yeah. That's cute. That's, yeah, that is a, a cool, like, it's just a cool name. And it's a great story. And yes, the domain name is the most important thing to any brand that you have to think about before. You, we did it when we were naming our podcast. Right? It was like, okay, that's what right. should we do? How should we name this? Yeah. And it takes forever. <laughs> and then you have to like do the search and like cross your fingers. Like yes. you're like, okay, let me Google. Let me Google really quick. Okay. It's good on Google. Now let me actually go to like the state business registry. That's right. Yes. Like, come on. <laughs> I, I for Textio. It's on sale. That's why they not only was it available, but they chose Textio because it was on sale for two years for like 20 bucks or something. Oh <laughs> they're like, oh, we'll just name it that. Everyone tries to make it into a, ooh, you're like, no. As a, as a GoDaddy shareholder, I appreciate that. Please continue <laughs> buying them all up. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's um, just one of those things where you just hope that it all comes together and there you go. Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. So. Can, can we ask about, you know, one of the things that I know you talk about is really having conversations with children about body diversity mm -hmm. and how do you approach that? What are, you know, what are the ways and, you know, from a parent's perspective, from, you know, it, maybe you're a, a, a coach, different things like that. How do you approach that? Yeah, I would say there's all, there's a lot of levels <laughs> to sort of getting comfortable with that. I think I just want to remind everybody that it's okay to not get it perfect. Um, and it's okay to sort of even say to your kid, I'm going to try here and I don't know if I'm going to get it exactly right, but here's what I want to talk with you about and sort of owning that this is like, just because it's awkward and hard doesn't mean we shouldn't talk about things. And it doesn't mean that I have to be perfect in how I talk about things. And so I want people to just sort of let go of that need to be perfect in these conversations. And I also think there are some very easy things that everyone can do. And I would start with, please stop talking about individual bodies, including your own. Mm. I think a lot of people don't even realize the kind of things that come out of their mouth on a daily basis about themselves, about other people they see, about celebrities, just a lot. There's a lot of body talk. And I think we would all be in such a better place if we just sort of pulled way back. Even making what you consider to be positive comments. Um, there's a comment I read once on a thread that I just will never forget. And this woman said, when people were commenting me on, you know, how thin I was and how great I looked, she was deep in her disordered eating at that point and very unhealthy. 
And so even when you think you're paying someone a compliment, it's just, it's really, it's a, it's a space that I think we really need to be more mindful about. So when you talk about bodies, think about starting by what kinds of, be aware of the kinds of things you're already saying about bodies now and maybe don't realize. Um, and then I think the other thing to really focus on is that bodies come in all different sizes and bodies change all the time. All the time. And especially when you're talking about kids, puberty is wild. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> so, I mean, and I'm going through perimenopause now, so it's gotten wild again over here. <laughs> but, <laughs> so I mean, the idea is bodies change all the time and that's an okay thing and weight goes up and down and you're going to hear a lot about you know bodies that are better than other bodies and that's just not the case and but i think the other thing with kids is try to listen and also try not to instantly like make it all okay let them sort of process a little on their own and um just hear what they have to say about some of their experiences and the other thing I read, I can't remember who said it, I apologize, but it was like, if they're struggling with their body that you could say, well, your body is good, all bodies are good, and I will hold that for you while you sort of work through this on your own, and I will remind you of that while you sort of are figuring some stuff out. Um, it's hard. And I have good days, bad days still. I want the other thing that you're still going to have good days, bad days, right? I think we all have like... It's the good and bad with like, say, like social media. I follow a lot of amazing plus size people and on some days I'm like, oh, yes, let's go. And then so on the bad days, I'm like, I need to not be on social media today. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So. You know, it's, it's interesting because I think what you're saying, like what it reminds me of so much is, you know, when like, hey, we have bad days and good days. So do kids. Yep. And, and I think that's something that as adults, we've been taught, like, no, you need to discipline them if they're, you know, acting a certain way or not excited or whatever it might be. And this is such a prime example of that, of whatever is going on in their body, who knows what might be going on in their head to, to join that, you know, circus, because it is, you know, they're evaluating their body. They're looking at who's standing next to them in gym, the gym class. They're looking at all these TV, all these different things, and they're allowed to have bad days. And so I love the idea of just like, listen to them and, and listen to their experiences of what, what is it like for them? Because while there are so many parallels to what we experienced when we were kids, mm -hmm. there's also a lot of very different things. And I mean, I, you know, I think all of us know about just the, the levels of bullying, the social mm -hmm. media bullying, and, you know, what can happen to children in those situations um, in you know, the worst possible situation. So I, I, I think I love the idea of just letting kids sometimes have a bad day and, 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 but also process what's going on. And that's exactly it, right? Process it, but don't let it turn into a permanent sort of perspective. Emotions right. are like weather, right? It's like, it's going to be sunny days and rainy days, but the rain never stays forever. So, and that I think so true. <laughs> Yeah. And I think for coaches, the one thing I want um, coaches to think about is when you have kids in bigger bodies, 
to treat them like you treat your thin athletes. And by that, I mean, don't say you'll be better when you lose weight. Mm. Everyone can improve their endurance, their strength, their stamina, their speed. Everyone can improve their skills. Everyone can improve how they show up, the, the effort they put forth. And I want you to give that same sort of lens to kids, regardless of body size. And notice the improvements, even if the body doesn't get any smaller, because that's often the case, right? You can improve all of those things as an athlete and your body size might not change at all as you're building muscle, right? Things you could see absolutely no change on the scale. And that doesn't mean they're not improving and that doesn't mean they're not a strong athlete and a competitor. Well, and like you said, like in going through puberty, that's like a whole nother thing where you don't know what's happening. And then you already, you know, those, there are kids that have periods, right? Yes. So it's like, you know, and that, which goes, correlates with mood. I always laugh. I was off school for a week, like for every year until like from sixth grade until I was like a sophomore until my mom was like, it's your period. Like, by the way, it was like, oh, but it's like during that time frame, all of these things were going on. And then I felt like, you know, you can accomplish the world later in the time. There's a lot of emotions that are going through and, and having those things of, of being prepared. I just feel like I, I keep identifying with of being able to show up and be able to do the thing. That's always the, the, I think the hardest part, even as adults is being able to show up and just being able to, whatever the thing is, being able to do that and have that support and making it easy. And that's what I think I like about the Ember and Ace, that you have a site to make it easy, like here's a site and you can do that instead of having to dig all over the place or going to all over the place and trying to figure out what to happen. And I guess now do schools still have rules over like school uniforms for athletics or PE? Like, I'm just wondering. Yeah. I mean, I think it varies so, so widely and, you know, school uniforms is one of the areas that I have not dug into too deeply. Cause I'm also just, you know, coming up on high school where this is kind of more of a thing, but I mean, I think there are, Typically, I think schools do provide the uniforms, but I think there's vendors like a, there's like a bunch of vendors that handle a lot of school uniforms. And I think it would just be a matter of let's look and see who offers extended sizes and are they available for us to purchase right now? And if they're not, pick up the phone or send an email and be like, look, if you want to keep being the person that provides uniforms for this school, we're going to need you to provide extended sizes, but for, you know, all genders of uniforms for my kids for in this high school or we're going to find somebody that will mm. right and that that makes me think of something that i distinctly remember from like grade school is you know the the very generic uniforms that we would have for whatever sport it was mm -hmm. the the folks that were plus sized it was a different material or it was a slightly different color or, or it was mm -hmm. just just enough off that you knew it was different. Mm -hmm. And again, just another like almost microaggression, I would say of mm -hmm. like, you're different. You can't fit into the, what everybody else can fit into. And so, yeah, I, I think having those conversations with your vendor to say, no, we want all of our kids to be in the same colored shirt or whatever it might be. And it just seems so simple, but it makes such an impact. 
Well, and again, even if you have thin kids, you can still support this effort, right? Yes. Even if your thins are, kids are thin, if you see a rec program and you're like, hey, I noticed that your t-shirts for your summer program only go up to an extra large for kids. I'd like to see you add some additional sizes. Or, you know, I was, somebody was talking about how they went to a summer camp and the kayak was only weighted up until like 195 pounds um, for a camp. And they're like, okay, this is something else where you can again say, we wanna see, you know, all your equipment rated above a certain weight limit, particularly if you're talking about high school kids, right? So there are ways that you can also, even if your kids aren't bigger, make sure that that you're using your voice to help support these kids being included. Yeah. Yeah. It makes that's... me like, you're right. And we always are talking in the DEIB space about allyship and what does that look mm -hmm. like? And, and, you know, a lot of times it feels like, oh, well, I'll just be an ally to the people I know, right? Or the or my next door neighbor or my cousin-in-law, where it's like, no, we're trying to like remedy these wrongs. We're trying to make it like like things more accessible. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of it, it is an, an accessibility issue, like, like of having the access to the same things as everyone else. And so if mm -hmm. you're not giving that access, you would think it would be more obvious to make sure that those things happen. Well, I mean, even as an adult, I just had something come up the other day where one of the organizations I volunteer with gave out vests for everybody. Do you think they have one in my size, y'all? No, mm -mm. they didn't. So, yeah. Makes you want to go back and volunteer every day, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up. I'm like, am I going to have to like freestyle with this thing? And like, <laughs> should I come in and like take out the seams and like put a whole wild like patterned panel? Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. Um, but funny. I think that's also knowing the population of the U.S. and and we are all I think very aware of the fact that we do have a population that is larger, and mm -hmm. and so it is also just like a well, no, duh, like we need to have these things available for folks. And when we don't, it doesn't make sense. And, and, and you know, I think people just don't think about it. It's, it's again, as you just said, Jackie, it's the allyship piece of, are you thinking about everyone who might not feel included in this environment or in whatever space it is? And I, I assume, and, you know, obviously you're going and you're doing something that is volunteering to do good in whatever your community is, whatever the the effort is, but it's just that little, you know, pinprick, that mosquito bite, whatever you want to call it of maybe I shouldn't be here. Maybe I, I'm not someone who should be doing this work or whatever it might be. And that adds up over time as we know. So yeah, it's just unfortunate that it's just not thought of. Yeah. And I think the more that we can sort of start early with, you know, particularly with kids, I want these kids to have a good relationship with their body. I want them to enjoy movement. That's the other thing is we, you can kill the joy with kids moving their bodies so, so quickly when you make it, you know, painful and awful and about trying to force your body to be smaller. Um, there are so many like adult rec leagues. Like I know a bunch of adults that still play, you know, softball or basketball or all those kinds of things. But if you have squashed this kid's interest, 
when they were 13. And, you know, exercise was a word that was about trying to force them to eat less and make their bodies smaller. And they would just, they reject movement, right? And they reject this thing that can be such a great part of your life for a very long time. And so it's sort of getting to that space where we can really make a difference. Um, well, that early. trauma continues going on. I mean, it goes on until adulthood. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's one of those things where you don't realize like that impacts how you see yourself, your relationships with your partners, how mm -hmm. you show up in the world. And there are, um, you know, at the like, I, re I can remember like I was always one of the the big kids and being told that and just thinking that without even and then when you look back you're like no I wasn't you know mm -hmm. like or it's like sure I was a big kid but I wasn't like all those names that people called me like I shouldn't have been a problem yeah but you will keep that in your head like oh i don't know if i should take those opportunities and the other part is that like you said it's just like the best scenario i mean we laugh but you know that's that's painful and it's like how does how does this keep happening still yeah um we are gathered here today to give you permission to plan the wedding that you want I'm Jessica Bishop. And I'm Sari Wienerman. And we're the hosts of the Bouquet Toss podcast. Today's couples have to juggle so many things, from family expectations to outdated traditions and what's currently trending. So to make it easier, we're going deep to figure out why we do weddings the way that we do, so you can decide what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans. You are cordially invited to subscribe to the Bouquet Toss wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com. By the power vested in us, we pronounce you free to plan your day your way. Talk to us a little bit about uh, the term, the plus side kid, PSK. Yeah. Um, tell us a bit, how did that come about? How did you come up with that term? Um, I did a little research, actually. The term plus size is, I'm a little older than the term plus size as well. It started around the 80s. Um, I will say that personally, I do refer to myself as fat. I have sort of reclaimed the word fat. It's one of those words that I think has always carried a lot of other negative sort of assumptions and labels about what it means, as opposed to just being a neutral descriptor of a body that has more fat tissue on it than others. So I do refer to myself as fat. Um, and that's a journey that I've been on for like years and years and years. Um, but I decided... I think no one should ever have that word used until they're sort of ready and comfortable. And for some people that may never be the case. Um, but I think particularly with kids, I think it was a really hard and fast way for them to just kind of shut down if I referred to kids as fat kids. Because um, it's it's such a tough thing to navigate and it's just really, really tough. So plus size is a term that's used actually across the apparel industry. There's actually plus size modeling awards, and that does cover both the female and male categories. So it's a term that sort of has crystallized. And I wanted parents to know and be able to find me, right? When you're trying to do searches and find people that make clothing in your size, I wanted to choose a term that sort of aligned with the industry and would make it so people could find me. Um, I mean, because there's some of the terms we use, like we, especially when I was growing up, do you remember like Husky? 
for the boys section. Oh, yeah. That's, That's what terrible. I was about to say. Husky. I remember a husky. Uh, it's oh, so yes. terrible. Um, and I know a lot of adult women and stuff use curvy, which is creepy with kids. So. <laughs> and um, yeah. I, I'm not curvy. That's what I told Right. I'm, I'm full. I, I, it took me a long time to know. It's like one straight curve, like apple shape. Like I'm like one straight curve. There's no, <laughs> that's not curvy. And it right. was some generous person who was kind at like Macy's that was like, you're not curvy. Oh like, you know, it was like. No, so, it was yeah. good. It was positive life changer. Right, right. <laughs> because I was wearing the wrong size forever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, plus size is where I've landed. And then I do talk about kids being in bigger bodies. That also feels like those are the phrases that you'll hear me use the most. Mm -hmm. um, and I do think it's partly, it's a tough space to navigate when you're young. Um, yeah. And so those terms feel approachable and a little less scary, like I said, than referring to people as fat or not. Yeah. Well, it, it, and I'll also say just as a curvier, I don't know what I'm supposed to call myself. Like, it, like you get I to decide. For, you get yeah. To well, so I just I went shopping for jeans yesterday, and one of my very dear friends, I was like, I can't find any jeans that I'd like. You know, if I get them and they fit me, then they stretch out and like feel like they're falling off of me an hour after you put them on. And so I did, I actually did cave and this is not a, a product plug in any way, shape or form, but I did cave and support the Kardashians and get some good American jeans. <laughs> I like the good I, American jeans. They're very great jeans. Yes. They're very comfortable and I'm very happy, but I was of course also cracking up because I'm like, cause I don't really want to give money to the beast Same. that is the Kardashian empire, but bless yeah. God, and i will so. say this i say this to everybody that wears a size that is not the kind of size where you can just walk into any store and just pick it off the rack and walk away if you wear mm -hmm. any size that is difficult to find give yourself some grace i get it like i know it's hard but you're like i need to have pants that don't slide down and that uh -huh. fit my body and so please you know what i mean and you know as someone who's never been able to walk into every single store and just pull off the rack and bag it and walk out the door it's exhausting mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's exhausting and so whatever well, you need to do do it like well, i will never I also, give anybody a hard time amen and i also literally was like i don't want to go into any place to buy jeans because i don't want to be shamed Mm -hmm. because i'm not a size six or a size eight like i i want to feel good about this experience as well which kudos to nordstrom's they did a, a lovely job of that like <laughs> and so it is also that i mean i think we all as again adult women and now i you know putting yourself into a child's mindset like i'm still at the age that i am not in you know not having a good time if i'm going shopping and i can't find a size that i like imagine that as a child and yeah, like yeah. you said, Jackie, that sticks with you for a really long time. Well, and the good American brand, like I do have, but I was very excited that they actually fit. But, but, but also that's a place of privilege. Those are expensive. When you're a kid, you yeah. can't, you can't make those determinations. Like, you know, there's, there's like three different brands. I always fall on Levi's because I know, right, yeah. that they have my size and that I know how they fit and I, you know but at the same time i did that the other day too and and again you want to show yourself grace but to a kid 
they have that extra burden of this is really important to me and it's getting close to six o'clock and I know that you've worked really hard and I know all these various things and it's hard enough. I remember um, it makes me think of, especially when people say you wear a white button down shirt, like mm -hmm. I could never wear a white button down shirt. And that was always the go-to because everybody can fit a white button down shirt. Mm. And no, you can't. Right. Yeah. That reminds me of like, I don't know if you have, when you have like elementary school age kids and then for the winter concert every year, at some point you need the white button down and the black yes. pants. Mm -hmm. And I, the panic, because sometimes they were, the school was really slow with giving you what the like requirements were. And I'm like, I have to order it online. You have to give me at least two weeks notice because I'm yes. going to have to order it online mm -hmm. because I can't find it in a store. And you think this is like you said, a very easy thing to find this button down and to find these black pants, which by the way, my kid's going to wear one time. And I, I luckily have the privilege of being able to provide that for her because I want that to feel seamless for my kid. Yes. Just like every other parent there, I don't want this to be a friction point with her going out and doing this performance. But I'm like, you've got to remember that not everybody can just walk into Old Navy or right. whatever and find things that are going to fit their kids. So you have to give me time. Yeah. Right. They're and giving I me say, a lot to no, consider. Yeah. And I have, like I said, um, I do shop online a lot for my kid. That's one of my sort of solutions when you have a kid in a bigger body because he can't walk into a store. Um, but it can still be. Yeah, it can be hard. Absolutely. So would love for you to share and, you know, and we'll kind of go around the, the microphone here. Um, what are some things that you want to make sure people heard during this episode? What are some things that are, you know, key takeaways that you want to make sure folks think about? Um, definitely be mindful of how you talk about bodies, including your own. Let's see if we can... Um, I'm not going to ask you to change your thoughts because that's rough. And just remember, thoughts aren't facts. Um, but see if we can collectively decide to stop talking about bodies quite so much. And then just listen with your kid. Um, sort of see where they're at and just probe a little bit if you think that, you know, there's concerns about why they're not participating in sports that they used to love or dance and things like that. And be prepared for maybe some painful truths. Yeah. And for kids, I would say there's nothing wrong with your bodies. And I know you love sports and I know you love dance and I know you're good at it because I was too. So keep dancing and keep playing sports. Awesome. I love that. Thank you. Jackie? I want people to remember these are athletes. And they need the proper equipment in order to athlete is that a word athlete <laughs> <laughs> but you know these are athletes and they need the proper equipment to be partake in whatever you know activity that they're in so this is not optional you know yeah. this is a requirement just do it you know you have to and do it in advance so if you're listening right now and it's like still february when we or, or march when we brought do it now to make sure that 
you know, this summer and as we go into the school year, if you haven't done it before, do it now so that you're ready and prepared for these athletes to be able to have what they need. Absolutely. Uh, I would say a couple things. Go to Ember and Ace and, and buy all the things. Um, <laughs> Thank you. And I think that the one that you just kind of mentioned is uh, the kids are already dealing with so many friction points. There's so many things that are happening in children's bodies, minds, at school, at home, with friends, all of these different things. This shouldn't have to be a friction point for them. And, and to have this just be solved simply by, hey, let's make sure we have the right sizes. Let's make sure there's a website that they can get the sizes, all of those things. I think it's just critical to taking one thing off of their plate, one thing off of their little minds that they are worried about. So, yeah. Pam, thank you. Uh, we truly appreciate you joining us today and, and sharing with our listeners, um, you know, all of these conversations, you know, we, we just think it's important for folks to hear uh, about different topics that might be impacting themselves, their kids, work, whatever it might be. And so uh, thank you for sharing your thoughts and sharing your brand and for doing this work. It's so critical. Thank you. I appreciate y'all inviting me to come by. It's been fun. Absolutely. Yay. All right. Well, this is Katie Van Horn. And this is Jackie Clayton. Bye-bye. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary, yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you, and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.